With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, 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 it's Faye OJ and you're tuned into The Motion where we get conversation going in the best way possible. From music to culture to politics to fashion, this podcast is due to get your emotions in motion. So... Quick recap of the format for those of you who have not listened to this before. I'm joined with two guests and they will be debating one topic and their task is to sway my vote. So the topic today is whether you can be a successful black capitalist without selling out. And arguing this with me today are the two G's from Two G's in a Pod, Isaac and Andy. They started their podcast when they were both studying chemical engineering in Imperial College. But, you know, surprisingly, it's not about engineering. It's about the black music cultural landscape. Isaac. Hello, everyone. We'll be arguing that you cannot be a successful black capitalist without selling out. And on the other side, Andy... Yo. We'll be arguing the opposite side. I'm now going to give Isaac the opportunity to basically summarise what he thinks. It's time for the opening statements. To be a successful capitalist means integrating into a system that is structurally and economically devised to push black people down. The more money you make the further and further away you're going to get away from the black community. First of all, you see most black people who make money move out of areas that are lower in economic wealth, more crime, etc., more likely to be an issue for someone who has wealth. Additionally, the way you think and the way you invest as a capitalist will automatically mean that you're investing in a way that pushes black people further down truly acting as a capitalist, right? Your interest is in the accumulation of wealth, right? If we talk about the easiest way to accumulate wealth, which is in the capitalist interest, you're going to, I don't know, invest in funds that have a high rate of return. You're going to invest in uh, property that has a high rate of return. None of that is going to give back to the black community in any way. In fact, all you're doing is taking your wealth and pushing it into the white community, either by buying property in those communities, increasing the value of it, or by investing in, in business funds, which are just gonna invest money back into white-owned businesses, the most profitable businesses that have no impact or effect on the lives of black people. So I think while we exist in a capitalist society, it's almost in a sense, if there's gotta be billionaires, they might as well be black. There are certain things in society that black people simply don't have a seat at the table and wealth and power are interlinked. So wealth is a way to, I guess, gain the power to have a seat at the table and influence decisions and stuff like that. Just because so far we haven't seen black capitalists that haven't sold out to an extent doesn't mean that by, I guess, encouraging more and more people to 
I guess, you know, build black wealth, build black ownership and stuff doesn't mean we won't then see people that are capitalists without having sold out. And an example I will give is um, the oil and gas industry in Africa. If you don't have, um, I guess, a fully industrialized society with like energy and stuff like that, um, there's only so far your country can go, in a sense, in terms of providing for its citizens, etc. Take the example of Ghana. If Ghana built their oil industry, which they're currently trying to do, so that is Ghanaian-owned, using the you know oil that's present in Ghana, then reinvesting that, the government can reinvest those funds into, you know, I guess, sustaining the and helping the citizens, etc. Then although the oil industry and being in oil and stuff like that is a capitalist venture, they're not selling out because in the long term they're helping their citizens. So um, just before we start the first round of questioning, just want to give a bit of context to you both and to the audience on what inspired this. So for me, firstly, the Rock Nation brunch, Jay-Z's annual brunch where he invites, you know, all the black people who are just popping in general in the entertainment industry. And it always sparks a conversation on the need to distribute your wealth just because you're black and have made it to the top. I don't know if I agree with that. And then you have people like Oprah on the pressure set. Monique didn't want to do the press tour because it wasn't in her contract. Oprah wanted her to do it for free, basically, while Oprah makes all her money. Diddy did a speech to the Grammys this year, which an artist, Maze, he tried to buy his masters from Diddy for about 20 million pounds. 20 million dollars he sold them for twenty thousand dollars and diddy was saying he wants to sell to the highest bidder despite the jump from twenty thousand to twenty million so there's clearly a lot of things going on surrounding black capitalism which is the idea of black people accumulating wealth some see it as accumulating wealth as a whole community whereas some people see it as being black and accumulating wealth so my first question <laughs> Isaac, you sort of said that to be a successful capitalist, you have to invest in industries that are black, that are white. And these are industries that push down the black race. And I think Andy's example of Ghana was really interesting because in that environment where everyone's black, you're not thinking the black people at the top are corrupt. You're just thinking the people at the top are corrupt. So in an environment where you've got white and black people, why should that change? Obviously because of history, there is this sense of community in being black. But I think if we actually want to break away from that, then we need representation in all senses. I am fine with black people making as much money as they want. The Rock Nation brunch, it's great to see, etc, etc. But I think the issue is when we act like this is changing anything in society you can go and you can have your fancy brunch at the end of the day all of the record labels are still white owned the grammys are still completely unrepresentative of black culture and black music to your point yes i would say that we need like a fair and even society but the issue is it's not even so like i know we we should not associate blackness with poorness but at the same time the way that things have been structured, the way that the system has been designed, there is an unequal amount of black people that are poor compared to people from other races. So that association is already there. Even if we talk about black ownership, right, the issue with it is that if you want to really, really promote a situation of black ownership, right, then you need to build houses, build businesses in areas which are considered unprofitable. You're, you're automatically going to make a loss 
you will make a loss as compared to building in areas that are white owned. You can still make profit. It won't be as much profit. You're basically talking about any time you make money, you're basically getting closer to the white side due to the disproportionality of poor people being black, let's say, in America. Mm. What is the alternative? So you're saying invest in your communities. When Jay-Z made a comment about gentrifying your own hood before they do, he came under fire for that. So you have the people who want to keep that, you know, originality and that soul in the hood, but the same people are saying, don't go to the top. So it's like you literally want to cap the black race at where they are because you're damned if you do invest in something else and you're damned if you don't. Because at the same time, money is money. If Jay-Z is investing in his hood, the prices are going to go up and then that's a whole other issue. So really, what is the alternative? See, that's the thing, because in the system, there does not seem to be much of an alternative. Like, people are forced to earn as much as they can. I'm just saying that I have an issue when people then say that, like, as a black billionaire, I'm now helping the black community. I don't think that that's possible. The only the only way that you could do it is to buy a block of flats or whatever, demolish them, redo them up nicely and give them to people for free. And you're making a loss straight away. But you are going to help the community. Then you completely are helping the community with your wealth. I just don't know if not doing that is selling out because I don't know anyone who would do that. But, you know what, I'm going to flip to the other side now, Andy. Your garden example was a good one because it was one where we could see a situation where everyone was black. But I think the key thing here is selling out. I think for me to sell out, you have to publicly think one thing and then stop thinking that. What would you say is the perfect ideal of someone who, you know, is still building themselves up without selling out? What does selling out really mean to you? Jay-Z in the NFL is a really good example. This is kind of premature to say because we don't know how things will develop, but it's been a, what, a year since, since he signed that deal or whatever to be the head of the outreach program. Jay-Z had an opportunity to kind of take the whole Colin Kaepernick thing and with his power that and his influence that's come from having so much wealth, he could have they could have done something special with that. If that meant working with the NFL, they, they could have done that. But I feel like he's kind of taken the easier route where he makes a he makes a lot of money. The NFL makes a lot of money. It's almost paying lip service to the mm. um, the helping the outreach kind of thing. So I would say that is an example of selling out when it's like you you could have you've been preaching a certain thing and you're faced with the opportunity to um, what's the word to uplift the black community, but I guess, you. and then you choose not to. But having said that, um, I think we don't know what's going to play out. Like, I, I brought up the example earlier, but it's like, if down the line uh, we see that Jay-Z kind of, I guess, playing nice with, with the white owners of, of the NFL, um, getting a foot in the door, kind of getting a seat at the table, could lead to more increased black representation uh, in the ownership of the NFL then in the long run, you have a more equal more equal NFL. That does lead to my next question for you, Isaac. Chris Brown once said, how can you hate from outside of the club <laughs> if you can't get in? <laughs> and I actually want to ask, like, how can we actually change it from the outside? Like, at the end of the day, we all have ideals, but we're faced with reality. We're faced with the fact that we had about a 200-year backstart. It's not 
ideal. It's not great that you have to be in these scenes mixed with these people who may not look from, a, from an outward perspective that they do support your community. But if you can get in and swindle it, Surely that's better than just staying outside and being poor, but being like, yeah, I have my I have my integrity. Is there a way you can actually make effective change in mm. the fastest way possible when you're not in the club, when you're not in these conversations? People often come with this that like we need to be part of the conversation to make the change. But I think I disagree. I don't think that being in has ever helped us in any way. Um, Maybe it is an issue of the system itself is is not is not working. Like maybe the whole system needs to change, which is why like even within this argument, I struggle sometimes because it's like I don't have an issue with people who go and get their money and get their paper up. That's fine. Just the idea that this is gonna in some way help the wider community, I think, is wrong. I don't think it will. I think like. There are many ways you could help, but all of them involve things that are not entirely profitable. Andy, I feel like the other side sort of come from this black power perspective. This is what the Martins and the Malcolm X's want. So I'm just going to ask what you think their views on this would be. Um, I mean, a lot of their views are documented already, to be honest. I know, for example, uh, Malcolm X, I read his book last year, um, he criticised capitalism a lot, but at the same time, he also preached black ownership, um, recirculating the black do dollar within the black community and things like that. So it's almost a reluctant acceptance of capitalism. We can debate whether or not it, it helps or if there's any tangible like improvements, but it's it's definitely not hurting the black community by keeping the wealth within the community. So it's like kind of going back to that whole seat at the table thing. Um, I do agree that having a seat at the table is not enough. It's almost like tokenism, like you can have a couple of black people on the board so people will stop saying, oh, you don't have any black people on the board. But I feel like if you've got a, a board of 10 people, three black people can't change anything. But once you've got five, so it's half black, then real change could actually be seen. So I don't know if it's a case of, all right, we've got a seat at the table, we need more people in more seats at the table so that we can actually enforce change rather than just have, being a kind of token there's a black person there. I think an issue with this seat at the table argument is that in wanting a seat at the table, we give power to that table. So the Grammys, for example, rap artists, R&B artists for years have been screaming. Now they started boycotting, but it's almost like, please see us. I'll take the rap album, even though I know my album wasn't a rap album. You're begging for a seat and they give you like a chair leg. Yeah. So you're continuously giving power to this table. And I think in today's age, we're seeing the power of black coin. Do you feel like in sort of focusing on these ones and getting this one to the table just sort of reduces the black race to just one hero? Firstly, if I take the example of Tyler Perry and his studios, he, he even said um, they wouldn't give me a seat at the table, so I made my own table, something ooh, like that. Ooh. So, but to do that, he needed money. He needed peace to go and make that studio and stuff like that. And capitalism in general is like a fundamentally white supremacist thing. And like evidence of that is um, just look at the wealthiest companies. They're all, if you look at the boards of all the wealthiest companies, they're all white people on the board. Is black capitalism that, or is black capitalism kind of preaching almost like a black supremacy? Mm. I don't know. If black capitalism is preaching almost capitalism, but from a black supremacist uh, angle, is that still a kind of selling out 
thing. I don't know. I feel like people have this love, this desire to just be so quick to say sell out. We're talking about capitalism, but even with Stormzy, I feel like sometimes there are some black people who associate selling out with doing well. And I think that mentality is impoverishing. As soon as someone is not where they started, they're selling out. If I'm in a job and I stay a grad for my whole time, I haven't sold out, but where am I? Who can I help in that position? So I feel like, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this just desire to just scream, sell out. Do I have to come for Stormzy no. now? <laughs> I see your point. I don't think that progressing in life means selling out. However, let's take one example, right? Say I go to law school, I whatever pass all my exams, I'm a fully fledged lawyer. I can start a firm that main, mainly works not for profit cases for people in poverty stricken areas, or I can become a corporate lawyer. Both of these are progressing. One of them is not selling out, one of them is. The one that is selling out is the one that more people will go towards because there's more money in it. Which of them is gonna help more black people? We know which one. And here's your issue. Here is your issue, right? If we associate helping black people with being a philanthropist, then we are doomed in this world. <laughs> the issue I'm finding with your argument, Isaac, as neutral as I'm trying to be, why must I be an NGO lawyer because I am black? And I think the point that Andy just made about how about we we play the system a little bit or we build on the structures that we have already. So you guys are podcasters. Mm -hmm. You're in this creative scene. Yeah. People want creative people to do things for free. Yeah. Because, you know, you're not in it for the money, are you're you? It you're in it for the love. No, no, no. Okay. I'm not saying do things for free. I'm saying that we could make more change if we didn't go for the top paying job. There are ways to make more change, but you would rather go into corporate law and make more money. That is the bottom line, right? And you know, deep down, you know, he knows, I know, <laughs> you're not gonna affect as many people from the black community by going into corporate law as you would do by taking maybe a lower paying job in a company where you still live comfortably, but you are not making bank. Go for corporate it, go for it. versus NGO. NGO. I think they're at completely different but ends it doesn't of the need spectrum. To be, it doesn't need to and be I don't NGO, think that Ashley Boller cannot wake up and think, <laughs> Mom, I want to be a corporate lawyer. For me, equality is an equality of choices. Fair mm. enough. Like, at an individual level, yes, yes. It's, it's sure enough, you can want to be a corporate lawyer and there should be an equality so that you, if you want to go for that, you can go for it. But you're not going to help the community by doing it. You're going to help yourself. This top-down thinking is... Never, it's never worked for us. We have always thought, let's get to the top and let's see the wealth come down. It, it doesn't come down. We've heard a lot. My mind is, you know, swaying towards one one section, but I'm trying to try to put it back. I, I don't want to say why in it, but I know why it's swaying <laughs> that way. It <laughs> it's time for me to draw back a little bit and let Andy and Isaac go at each other. They've been trying to go at each other the whole episode. Like I've had to, I've had to stop it. So, guys, you are released. This is the main debate. On the points that you just made, yeah. Firstly, your thing about the uh, being a corporate lawyer, blah blah blah. Um, a lot of firms do like pro bono work. When you say the whole corporate versus NGO or corporate versus human rights or whatever, it's like you're seeing things too like black and white, too good, bad. Just doing one-off pro bono cases in a while is not the same as having a firm that's built around building people up. As a corporate firm, 
your main goal is to make, make profit. Yeah. I don't think it's comparable in any yeah. way. That's I don't think I don't think it's comparable. But I'm saying, do you think it's fair that uh, it's almost the responsibility of a successful black lawyer to, um, I guess, dedicate their life to human rights, being a human rights lawyer or pro bono work or taking cases that are helping the black community, which might not you might not win, you might, stuff like that. You might not make as much money. Do you think that's fair? Uh, a responsibility to or the owners to place on black people without being labeled a sellout i don't think it's fair at all mm. however it is the situation that we are living in there's two options maybe you're completely oblivious like you don't know what's going on in the world that might be one like out that. of a hundred yeah, one out like of a million it, yeah, people yeah, right yeah, yeah. everyone else knows that what they're doing is is not helping people of yeah. their complexion they might not be thinking oh this is specifically harming people of my complexion, mm. but they do know they could be doing more if they took, if they took a yeah. pay cut. If you have those thoughts and you know you have those thoughts and you know you could be doing something more, how are you not selling out? Sorry, got a button here. I don't think I agree that that's selling out if that was never someone's intention. For me, I think a shift in mindset has to happen to sell out. Because you've subscribed to capitalism, doesn't mean you're a sellout because it's like we're forced to subscribe to like we live in a society where you if you choose not to subscribe to capitalism at all um your quality of life you could argue but is on the surface it kind of looks like your quality of life will be dramatically reduced i don't know if that's the case because um a lot of people that have subscribed to capitalism are not happy but they're wealthy so that's a that's a different thing where you kind of how do you measure the quality of life is it like that's yeah because uh, that, that's a deeper question yeah that is, that is the thing that i would say is that actually the case because i know many people who are completely happy and who are earning enough to be comfortable but yeah. are not capitalist driven like they would not consider themselves as people but they had are, to be capitalist driven enough to get to like for example i saw a stat if you earn more than seventy-seven thousand or eighty thousand or something then money doesn't increase your happiness i'm talking about people earning like 30 to 40k okay. like, i'm not talking right. about people earning a lot of money okay um i'm talking about people who are very happy with what they have and would rather focus on issues that are important to them than increase their wealth mm. um by turning their back on what they believe in if we're taking out of billionaires and just people that are wealthy encouraging people to accumulate wealth um is not I don't, I don't think is is kind of taking a step back in terms of the black community and stuff because it's like if your wealth is made without exploiting people specifically exploiting black people i don't think that there's any harm so what is your classification of a sellout basically because to me it's yeah. that gap between what you could be earning and doing more and what you're now yeah, earning yeah. whilst doing less is the sellout I that's can't. the that's the cash gap and at the same time like for example uh virgil abloh with his um off-white off-white as far as I know, is the only black-owned designer uh, mm. fashion label. He had to price it at a certain things for it to be seen as a luxury item. Mm. So when you're paying £200 for a belt that says off-white on it and it looks like rope, when you're paying that amount, you're thinking, I'm a mug. But then <laughs> now that you have off-white there, he now has influence in the fashion industry. He's the like head of something at Louis Vuitton now. He can, I guess, bring through more black creators, black fashion designers, and you could have more equality in the fashion industry. I mean, that's the top-down perspective again. I've never seen it work in practice. Sorry, Isaac, you asked Andy what oh, my, he saw as of, selling out. Yeah. See, I think you're being a bit harsh and a bit too extreme in the sense that you're kind of saying, all right, if you could be doing more, but you chose to make money instead of doing more, then you're selling out. But it's like, somebody tweeted um, the other day about uh, Burner Boy using 
fella cooties uh, influence and stuff she said she has a problem with burner boy like explicitly using fella cooties influence and not being overtly political in general um even his political songs, she said, they, they make her feel away. And I would argue that African Giant is a hugely political album. People didn't really pay attention to the politics of it. Like a song like Collateral Damage, we was anchoring to it in Afro Nation Ghana, but he's, he's trying some real stuff on there. You can now to like sort, sort of point the finger at Bernard and say like, you're not doing enough and stuff. And obviously he could do more because he's got peace. So he could like, he could be on the streets, like marching with, I guess, political protesters in Nigeria and stuff. But from what I understand, that's not even safe to do for people in general if he chooses to I guess exercise his politics in a certain way and um, the way he does it is through his art and it's not received in an overtly political way that's not on him I wouldn't like be quick to label him a sellout his beliefs and stuff you can see it through his art and he's put time and effort into it putting it into the album he didn't have to do that Um, and of course he could be doing more but it's like at what point is it like people are satisfied with how much you're doing like I feel if he gave half of his wealth to, to a Nigerian charity or something like that people would be like oh but you've still got this much left could you not have given three quarters of it stuff like that so it's like at a certain point it's like I don't know man life's short man you can't <laughs> spend, spend all your life fighting and stuff like that like, some people choose to do that and that's that's on them but like you can you can choose to do it in your own way it's like the people that completely don't do it or do like the bare minimum then you can get onto them but like people that are actively doing things because then are all the black um, NFL players that don't that's still playing the NFL, are they all selling out? Yes. And, I mean, <laughs> and that's the thing, because you could say yes, but then you could also say uh, ODB, he, he um, not ODB, that's all day, but Odell Beckham Jr., yeah. He, he, um, if he, if the only thing he can do is play football, he's just dedicated his life to playing football, it's what he loves to do. If he chooses to continue playing football, um, you can get onto him to an extent, and I think, there is a level of criticism to be kind of leveled against the black players that haven't kind of got behind Kaepernick's movement and stuff. But at the same time, they didn't ask Kaepernick to kneel and stuff and kind of hot up the thing for them. <laughs> and also, it's like it's not on it's not on them because the problem isn't with the black community. The problem's with like the white police doing the brutality. And it's like you, it's like is it too much of a responsibility and an onus that you're putting on black people to? I guess be this kind of martyr for the cause. I do agree, but I feel like that onus is there regardless. Like, how do you want to get rid of the onus? As you said, Colin Kaepernick is choosing, and you know, big props to him would never take them away, to stand up for an issue he didn't cause. None of us caused this. Mm. And it's a very huge burden to have on your back to be trying to fix issues that you had no you had no say in. Mm. And obviously it is Agreed. on us. Like onus, literally on us. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> clicks, clicks, clicks. But yeah, the onus is literally on us because who else, you know, will fight for us? But I think my question to you, and just what you said, I thought your definition there was quite interesting. Like, if you're devaluing your beliefs for money, then you literally are selling out. Like, you're literally selling your belief. But I feel like with that sort of mindset. I don't, the question for this debate wouldn't even have to be, can you be a successful black capitalist without selling out? It would be, can you live life without selling out? And I feel like your answer would be no. No, no, no. I think you can live life without selling out. You can do the, the job that you want that would, I don't know. My, my thing is like, there are many jobs out there. So like we're moving away from extreme wealth now. Let's mm. just regular people, right? Yeah. There are many jobs out there that would, give you the benefit of helping people right um and you wouldn't live 
poorly, right? I could go and work as a nurse in the NHS. I would be helping people. I would make a good wage. Like, I would live. I'd be on about 40K. I'd make a, I'd make a decent wage. For a more NHS, senior nurse, by the way, you'd make. Yeah, I've, I've seen that the NHS is knows uh, about how it's a deeply racist institution and stuff like that. So if you're a nurse in the NHS just doing your job, you know, just nursing and that, and you're not doing anything to tackle that racism in the, start, in the workplace, are you then not also selling out? Because you could be doing more to be saying... Uh, I'm not gonna. You could you could call a, a strike. All the nurses could strike. Say unless you lot start um, treating black people in the same way that you treat white pe- white patients, mm-hmm. treating black patients in the same way you treat white patients. I'm not gonna work for you guys. Yeah, but and if you have that thought and you don't act on it, then you're selling then out. You're selling out. Oh, like, oh, <laughs> it's a bit bad. Like, every, every, that's, like that's, what, that's my out, So yeah. like, can you live in your definition? Bro. Can you live without selling out? Because even in your in every example. <laughs> In every example, it seems like, you know, there's going to be a flaw. And I do agree with, like, a lot of the things that you have said. And I just think it's just coming from this extreme point. This is why I just find it hard. And I haven't made my decision yet, but I just find it hard to fully come to your side. And I'm just going to give you a chance to be less extreme (laughs) and actually see if there is a realistic way that in this world that is run by corporations who don't pay taxes and people who, you know, there's all sorts of things that the rich are doing. Embezzle, like (laughs) (laughs) embezzlement, like all of this stuff. How can this, you know... Okay, okay. how How can it work? So even in the instance that Andy had mentioned with like the nurse, right? That's not really black black capitalism. capitalism. My argument is that if you then start to subscribe to this notion of I want to be a black capitalist and I want to do what what it takes to accumulate wealth, Mm. right? You will end up in a situation where you know that you are not doing things in the interest Mm. of black people. Quick question. So you are selling out. Do you know what? Let's let's wrap this thing up because my head hurts because I think this topic is really heavy and I think there are so many like different levels that you can go through it on. This is, this is your last sort of opportunity to, I guess, get me on your side. I'm just going to ask you to sort of summarise. While we exist in this kind of capitalist society, um, I think to an extent, the black community has to also get realistic. Black capitalism isn't going to save us or equate to racial equality or liberation or whatever, but if it can help the situation while we exist in a capitalist society, I think um, a reluctant embracing of black capitalism um, is necessary to an extent. I think those that are that way inclined, do your thing, um, do the whole black ownership thing. And then if you're not that way inclined, also do your thing in the place. Black capitalism uh, primarily helps the individual, but um, while we exist in a capitalist society, um, a complete renouncement, if that's even the word, of black capitalism hurts the black community more than not trying to accept it uh, or not having some people accept it. That's my final statement. What I think is that if you want to be a black capitalist, be a black capitalist. Fine. Black capitalism is not going to help our situation. It's going to help the individual black capitalist situation. That's what they want. Fair enough. But let's not come to some, this is going to help the black community as a whole. I don't think it is. And I think if we just look at like the 
initial question, which is, if you are a black capitalist, are you selling out? I think it does depend on the individual because my, my definition is if you get to a position where you know that based on what you're earning versus like if you could do something else and earn slightly less, you know that you could be doing more um, as per what your values are, then I don't see how we cannot say that that's selling out. If you're black and you don't at some point get to that stage as a black capitalist, as you're accumulating wealth, it's kind of strange to me. I think most people would at some point have that thought. So black capitalism in general, for the majority of black people, I would assume would eventually lead to them feeling like they've sold out, based on my definition. So I know I haven't been as neutral as I have been in previous episodes in this, and I want to apologise to both my guests and, and the audience for that. That was fine. But the heart wants what it wants. And according to Isaac, my heart wants money and only money, and I'm a sellout. But I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, it's now time for me to announce my decision and the justification. And it might surprise you. I can't fully back your argument, Andy, because it, it wouldn't be fair to you. Obviously, the target of this is to sway, sway my vote. And I think because I came with the sort of viewpoint that you can be a black capitalist without selling out, who swayed my vote the closest to their side is Isaac. And for that reason, Isaac has won. Well but done, I don't man. think I can fully say with my mouth <laughs> that you cannot be a black capitalist without selling out because I think that you can. And with that, the motion is closed. That's Thank good, you man. for tuning in. We will be back next week with a completely different topic. I will try and get back to my position as the neutral debate host. But please follow us on Instagram at the motion underscore and have a good week. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.